everyone and welcome back to the all things new podcast thank you so much for tuning in for another episode i hope that you guys have been doing well and i hope that all of my american friends had a wonderful fourth of july i decided to take a little break to be with my family plus i had just been traveling so i just wanted to take it a little bit slow but we are back and today's episode is actually kind of themed to freedom i guess but today's title is from slave to son i wanted to talk about this specifically because when we talk about like you know obviously fourth of july is like freedom you know talk about freedom um And so I wanted to talk a little bit about living free and what that looks like as a Christian. And we talk a lot about freedom and liberty in Christ. And I think that's like something that's inherently known in Christianity. But what does it look like practically? And I know a lot of you know what that means. But I wanted to kind of compare and contrast living free from sin opposed to not. And I know that there are people who are in the church that are slave to sin even in the church and it's not like something that you're immediately exempt from after giving your life to Christ however sometimes we can get in a cycle of sinning and then repenting and sinning and repenting and we're not called to live like that we're called to live holy and consecrated lives to the Lord And so in this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And I'm going to start by reading Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. And then I'm also going to read verse 13. Verse 1 says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Verse 13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. This is a wonderful passage here. Just the epistles in general are so powerful because they're instructing us as believers how to live our lives. What is a model for us to um, to follow after as Christians. And so it says, stand in this liberty, liberty by which Christ made us free. And don't be entangled by the yoke of bondage. Don't be entangled by the cycle of sinning. And then it says again, you've been called to liberty, but don't use it as an opportunity for the flesh, but to love and serve one another. Grace is given to us not to abuse, but so that we can get up and keep going. Not so that we can keep going through the cycle of sinning, because that is just abusing God's grace. And that's not living consecrated. That's not living holy. That's not living set apart. That's living like the world and using God's grace as an excuse for you to sin because you will be forgiven again. And that is absolutely wrong. And I I am guilty of doing this in the past. I've, you know, moved from it. I've grown spiritually from it. Um, you know, and I think especially in hard times, 
when we go through things, we tend to cope with sinful things. And it seems to make us feel better, but in the long run, all it does is cause more damage. And so if you find yourself in this cycle of sinning and then quote-unquote repenting, because it's not really repentance, that's not true repentance, sinning and then asking, you know, asking the Lord to forgive you, this is not a good thing at all. And I think that it's important to do some reflection and see, okay, what's going on here? Like ask the Lord to observe your heart, to examine your heart and to reveal to you things that are going on internally so that you can recognize what that is and repent of it and actually turn away from it and then pursue God instead of pursuing this very, very short-term dopamine kick that you get from certain sins or from just sinning in general because sinning is fun. It can be very, very fun and exciting. However, you keep chipping away at your soul, at your wholeness, and of course God can restore you, but it's better for you to not go through it. You know, there are some things that are just better not experienced, um, you know. So it's important to remember that we're not truly living free. We're not pleasing the Lord if we're in this cycle of sinning. Um, that was a massive tangent, but I'm going to get back to it. So the next passage of scripture I'd like to read comes from John chapter 8, and I'm reading verses 31 through 36. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. True freedom is only found in Jesus Christ because of the sacrifice that he made on the cross. So the beginning of this passage, the Lord is saying to the people who are believing in him, he's like, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So the first thing that he's saying in this passage, the truth will make you free. The truth shall set you free. We live in a time, and it's very unfortunate in the West, where truth has become this subjective thing. And that's like, my truth is this, your truth is this. It's all valid because it's our truth and it's okay. And this is just, it doesn't make any sense at all. How can there be truth if everything is truth? There can only be one truth. And Jesus says in the Bible, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. So if you're looking for truth outside of Christ, you're not going to get very far. And if you do find some sort of quote-unquote truth, it's not real truth. It's not the objective truth. So in the beginning of this passage, Jesus says, the truth shall set you free. The truth will make you free. And then they're asking like, okay, like we haven't been in bondage. Like we're free. What are you talking about? And of course they're talking about 
physical freedom while Jesus is speaking of spiritual freedom. And he says to them, whoever commits a sin is the slave to sin. If you sin, you're a slave to it. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son does. A son lives in the house of his father. Obviously, this timing is, you know, this time and era and culture is different. But it's like, you know, family versus someone that's not family. Family versus someone who comes to the house and cleans or comes to the house and like does landscaping or like the guy that cuts your grass, something like that. I think that's a relatively applicable example. But son is family. The person you hire is not family. Then it says, if the son, referring to Jesus, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. And you are his child. You belong to him. You can abide in his house and you have freedom because of what he did. I would also like to read the entirety of Romans chapter 6. I had picked some scriptures from it, but the whole thing was fire. And I was like, I'm just going to read the whole thing um, because it's great. It's 23 verses, so it's not crazy long. So bear with me. Um, I'm going to start in verse 1 and I'm reading from the NKJV. The title is dead to sin alive to god what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound certainly not how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it or do you do you not know that many of us as were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. The title of the next section is From Slave of Sin to Slaves of God. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart that 
form of doctrine to which you were delivered, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love this passage so much. The entire book of Romans is just so, so good. It's amazing. It's good stuff. But in a nutshell, um, if we are living in sin, we are dead. We're slaves to it. We are, our souls, our spirits have no life. We are dead in it. But because of Christ, because of his sacrifice, his, his sacrifice on the cross, we become dead to sin and alive in righteousness. We are no longer slaves to sin if we are made, made alive in Christ, if we are risen, if we are resurrected in new life with him as we are baptized. And now we become slaves to righteousness. So it's interesting, this picture, this analogy here that Paul's writing about. He's like, you're a slave to something regardless, whether it's good or bad. But it's obviously ideal way better to be a slave to righteousness than a slave to sin and being a slave to righteousness is not this involuntary forced kind of thing it's just like in this interesting analogy that paul's making it's like regardless of what what what's like side you're on i guess you could say you're a slave of something be a slave of righteousness and not a slave of sin because a slave of sin that leads to death, as it said in the last verse, the wages of sin is death. That's that's the ultimate wage. It's like the ultimate payment of sin is death. It's inevitable. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So choose life. Choose Jesus. Choose to live free from the slavery of sin and unrighteousness. The next passage I like to read comes from 2 Corinthians 3, verses 17 and 18, and they say, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the spirit of the lord this is a continual process in our lives it's not just one moment where bang you're transformed and you're good in this one moment no it's this continual this continual thing transformation is not like one period of time there can be a start to transformation however transformation is something that happens over time obviously like if you think about transformation i automatically think of like beauty and the beast when um the beast turns into the prince like prince adam and it's like this you know crazy like moment and all the 
magic dust is all you know circling around him blah 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 he becomes a prince um and so that's what i automatically think of transformation but when it comes to our walk with god this transformation this sanctification is a process that is happening over a longer period and so as we are walking with christ he begins to slowly continue to transform us bit by bit it says we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory glory to glory so it's this process this liberty that we have from the spirit of the lord but as we are walking in this liberty as we are becoming sons as we are no longer slaves we are being transformed to look more like him we are being transformed to reflect who he is and that's something that happens over time it's not something that will happen in an instant or in a moment because we have a lot of things to work through because you are born into sin but as you are redeemed through christ as you are given this freedom through his sacrifice through what he's done we become more like him as we pursue him every day so receiving salvation is only the beginning of our journey with the lord only the beginning it's a starting point if you remember in in school if you had a number line or if you look at a graph there's like this starting point and that's salvation salvation's not the end like it's not the end of your life where you're like oh great i did all this stuff and now this is the culmination no salvation is the beginning of the newness of life salvation isn't merely doing this prayer where you lift your hands and you're like lord I'm sorry for all my sin. I choose you. Blah, blah, blah. The end. Amen. Is that valid? Yeah, it is. But it it, it has to be followed by transformation. It can't just be this prayer, this quote-unquote sinner's prayer that you pray at church and you're good and you're covered. Does the Lord cover you? Yes. But you have to walk in freedom and you have to choose that. Obviously, sin is rampant and sin is our nature and it's what we tend to go to because of our flesh but when we are saved when we are transformed the spirit will begin to work in you the spirit will begin to change your heart literally he will give you a new heart the desires of your heart will look like his as i had as i read earlier with second corinthians three seventeen through 18 you will be transformed from glory to glory you will eventually begin to start reflecting him more and more. So yes, it's important to have a starting point of like, Lord, I'm sorry what I did. I, I asked for forgiveness. I was wrong. Like, I, I want to turn from this. You have to come from the place in your heart where you're actually repenting, where you actually understand and realize I'm a sinner. I have done wrong. I can't save myself. I need Jesus. And until we get to that place, we cannot truly experience freedom because we do not truly understand where where we're coming from, the fact that we are dead in sin before we are made alive in Christ. So yes, it's important to make this prayer. Repent. Acts 2.38 says, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance is is the starting point. But it has to be true repentance because there's a difference between true repentance and just saying you're sorry and going back and doing the sin again that's not true repentance that's just a sorry excuse to use god's grace um and abuse it and that is absolutely wrong so salvation isn't merely telling the lord that you're quote unquote sorry for sinning then turning around and sinning again because that's not repentance by his spirit we are to be transformed but we have to invite him 
to transform us. We have to invite him into our lives. We have to invite his spirit into our lives. We have to like surrender and yield and be like, Lord, I invite you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Fill me with your spirit. Baptize me in your spirit. We have to come from this place of willingness of our hearts being open and and being willing to receive what he has for us because he's not going to barge in and force himself in. You have to open your heart. You have to let him and you have to invite him. Second Timothy 1, 6 through 9 says, Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the time began. We have been called to a higher standard. We have been called to be holy as God is holy, not according to our works, but according to his purpose. So we have a higher calling. It's not just, oh, I repented. Oh, I got baptized or I received the Holy Ghost. I'm done. That is just the beginning. You are called to a higher standard. You are called to be the light of this world, the salt of the earth, a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. So if you are abusing God's grace, you are bound by sin. You're not free. You are not free. But something that you can like a sign of freedom is that if you are disgusted by sin and you are convicted by sin, that's a sign that the Lord is working in you. If you're free from the enslavement of sin, you can't stand it. The thought of it disgusts you. You don't want to be around it. You want to stay away. And I'm not saying like sinful people because we are called to be a light to this world, this world of darkness, but if when you sin, you feel disgusting, that's good. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. But if you're in a place where you're like, uh, not that bad. Oh, it's okay. Blah, 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 blah. You need some deliverance and some freedom. And God has it for you. All you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is ask him. He will give you deliverance and freedom at the drop of a hat. But you have to invite him into your life. So once you get to this place of inviting the Lord into your life, this place of receiving him, repenting, receiving that salvation, receiving this beautiful free gift that was bought by a price, by his literal blood, his life. And it's a free gift. He gave everything. This gift is free. That is so beautiful and so incredible and so amazing that he gave everything for us to be free. It's a free gift for you, but you have to receive it you have to allow the lord to come into your heart to transform your life and it's going to be uncomfortable he's going to expose some things that are going to make you feel really uncomfortable but he's sanctifying you he's making you holy as as he's transforming as you're walking with him there are going to be a lot of uncomfortable moments and they're probably not going to (laughs) stop there might be ebbs and flows it might be more intense than other times and sometimes than others however we're you know we are sinful by nature and so the lord's going to start exposing these things within your heart it's not going to be comfortable but 
it's going to get you closer to Jesus. The more you're, you're pursuing him and he starts to reveal these things and then you get rid of this and you give that burden to him and he frees you. Like it's this constant process of being transformed. So if you are in a season where you find yourself going back to sin, it happens to like all of us. <laughs> None of us are perfect. But God is so good and so gracious and so faithful. And he loves us so much. And his grace is available always. His grace is always available. So if you are in this place, I encourage you to ask the Lord to give you a new heart. Ask the Lord to create within you a clean heart and renew a right spirit within you. That comes from Psalm 51, verse 10, which says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. God can literally create you a clean heart, a new heart. He can transform you from the inside out, and you will never be the same, but you have to invite him into your life. So, I encourage you to rejoice in the fact, rejoice in the freedom of the fact that you have free salvation, and you don't have to be a slave to sin, but you can be a son of God, or daughter, of course you know, gender neutral. You don't have to be a slave. You don't have to be bound by your sin. But you can be free. But you have to invite God into your life. And so if you are bound by sin, know that, you know, you can, there's a way out. God will always make a way out for you. But if you are living in this cycle of sinning and then being, you know, quote unquote repentant and then going back and forth, you know, that's not real true freedom. But God has freedom for you. He has true freedom for you. And you are able to receive that. But once again, you have to invite him into your life and you have to allow him to transform you no matter how uncomfortable it may be. But I encourage you. God is so good. He loves you so much and he's not doing it to make you feel like, you know, he doesn't want you to just feel gross. I mean, maybe he does, you know, to convict you because sin is uncomfortable. Like sitting with the fact that you've sinned is uncomfortable, but he's transforming you into his image. He's making you holy. He's making you more like him. And so that process is crucial. But if you are, you know, staying with the Lord, if you're walking with him, if you are spending time in his presence, all you want to do is be more like him. And it won't really matter how uncomfortable it is because all you care about is being more like him and being closer to him. So it sounds a little heavy. However, once you get to the place where you are in love with Jesus, it doesn't matter because all you want is him and you'll do anything to get closer. So, yeah. That's all I've got for today's episode. Thanks again so much for tuning in for another one. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate a rating or review. That would be awesome. I have seen I've gotten some more, which I really appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. Um, if you know anyone who would benefit from this podcast, any of the episodes here, any of the topics, please feel free to share it. That would mean a lot to me just to get the podcast out. That would be awesome. Awesome sauce. But um anyways that's all i've got for y'all thank you again for tuning in i love you guys so much and i will talk to y'all next tuesday ciao